0: Hey there everybody, this is the NPC Graveyard, I'm the NPC, and it is horror time. Today's show is The Strangers, Pray at Night, from 2018. Wow, did it really come out last year? Proves huh. so how far gone I've been, I, I mean, marriage planning is a fun way to pass the time. I like all of it. Anyway, Prey at Night is a sequel to The Strangers from 2008, uh, that makes me feel old. Anyway, trigger warning for animal abuse and full spoilers to follow. "Prey at night begins with the strangers entering an empty tourist trailer park, sneaking in to attack an unsuspecting family. The phone picks back up with a troubled family of four who are sending their daughter Kinsey away to boarding school because she's pretty much become beyond their control. She doesn't even try to hide the contempt she feels for her parents, and her brother Luke does the exact same thing to her. They all gather in the family van, presumably as one last-ditch effort to be a family on the road trip to Kinsey's new school. They stop at the abandoned trailer park for the night, after being revealed that they are related to the owners. They arrive so late that they find a key along with a note saying that they've already retired to bed for the evening. The strangers then proceed to play a game of cat and mouse with the the dysfunctional family. hate that word, dysfunctional. The dysfunctions. The strangers then proceed to play a game of cat and mouse with the dysfunctional family, who have to put their differences behind them in order to survive. So yeah, this film did not take nearly as much time as the when it came to setting up the plot. In that film, we spent probably half of it just watching the strangers fuck with their victims. And not this time. Shit hit the fan so quick that I had to dodge it. It was like the writers took the same antagonist and had them do a complete 180. I really didn't hate that. In fact, I was completely surprised when the first kill in the family happened. I thought for sure they would be taken hostage for some sort of bait later. But nope. They just stabbed over and over while someone else had to watch before they escaped. What really threw me off guard is that the strangers were also getting picked off. Right? I didn't see that coming at all. How often does the protagonist actually try and kill the person killing them, instead of just knocking them down and running off? That completely blew my mind. I didn't even realize it was happening until the first of the strangers got stabbed with their own knife. It was refreshing, but also completely unexpected to have major casualties on both sides of a horror film. It was almost like they realized that there wouldn't be a franchise, so they just went balls to the walls with the sequel. The home film pretty much went nonstop from the first kill. Which I liked because there wasn't really any cooldown periods that you usually see. You know, we had the whole growing as a person apology because we're getting killed thing happening, but... It actually kept on going. Almost to the point where I was questioning the continuity. But not enough that the continuity itself was getting ruined. But let's backtrack a little bit here. I really felt sorry for this family. Kinsey was obviously somewhere on the road to being out of control. We never got the full story of what was going on, but I think she was just doing it for attention. The kind of wannabe badass who acted like she didn't care about anyone or anything just so people would think she didn't care about anyone or anything. She was openly smoking in front of her family at a diner. But luke pointed out later on in the film that she wasn't actually smoking just doing the cheek puffing thing her mom had actually smoked more than her she bombed the cigarette right out of her hands for a drag before explaining how she was just as much of a troublemaker when she was her age you know in attempt to actually identify with this girl it felt like the parents were really trying but. They had also become so run-down that it looked like they were just playing rock paper scissors to see who would try talking to her next. They actually sent Luke out, against his will I should add, to help cool her off while she was wandering around the deserted park. So, let's talk about the strangers themselves. Dollface, pinup girl, and man in the mask. God, that he gets screwed worse than Gene Gray with nicknames. As much as I enjoyed the more fast paced version, I felt like I got to know them a little bit better in the first film. They were much more involved and creative, instead of the motivation to kill and just get over with. Pinup Girl blatantly charged Luke at one point, even though he was clearly armed it really changed the stealth aspect of their aesthetic granted man in the mask spent half his time doing donuts in their truck he actually became one of my favorites of the trio in this film he knew the kids were fighting back but pulled a leslie vernon refusing to give up the serial killer image at least twice he practically announced himself by dropping the axe to the ground and scraping it along as he strolled up to his victim. Each one of them almost lost their mask at one point or another, but Dollface was the only one whose face we got to see. It's pretty symbolic considering she was the only one in both films who had any lines. I really like that in both of them, she went straight up to the front door, acting as an unofficial harbinger. She acted completely out of whack, almost as if warning the victims that bad things were to follow. She once again answers the protagonist's question of why they were doing this. But in this film, she was literally spitting out blood. And she just smiled and started laughing, why not? It kind of shows how really unhinged they were, how desperate they were just to, like, try and get in that next kill instead of really sort of running when they realize when they should have realized that they were probably being outgunned but again horror movie logic now there's a nice little bit of symbolism that i i enjoyed at the end of the film luke and kinsey had a discussion before all hell broke loose about how his friends never let her play baseball as a kid It was kind of justified since she could barely hold up the bat with both hands. But again, they were kids at the time. By the end of the film, she is able to jump into the back of a passing pickup truck to try and escape. One of the strangers had hopped in after her, just being half dragged along while trying to make it in completely. And just as they were about to strike, Kinsey found some baseball gear stored in the trailer right behind her. She picked up a bat, took a classic hitting swing, and cracked it right against their skull, throwing them way into the street. It felt... Yeah. I mean, it it was uh, a... It sounds lame when I say it out loud, but... It was just one of those moments that really hit it out of the park yeah that was lame i'm sorry listener i am sorry that happened i tried to improv and uh this is why i don't go off script anyway she cracked their skull right out, right back out into the street so now comes the tricky question the review like the later purge films It felt a little more like an action film than a horror film it wasn't great but it wasn't really disappointing either it did get a little trippy not drug trippy but Thor Ragnarok late 80s early 90s Hulkamedia aesthetic trippy the poster with the strangers themselves all standing in a row, weapons drawn in almost a prayer position was certainly enough to make me want to check it out. So, yeah. It's definitely in the territory of one thumb up, one thumb down, I would say. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening, don't talk to strangers, and welcome to the Graveyard. Graveyard.